Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but here comes a pizza. See it? This is a fucking city. And nobody gonna dictate your freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the fucking world, Tyler! Let's go! Come on! The Boston Red Sox have taken three out of four from the back-to-back American League champion (laughs) Kansas City Royals. They went there in 2014, didn't get the job done because it was an even year. The San Francisco Giants said, hell no, it's my turn. It's Mad Bum's year. One more time, Tyler. But Please. the next year, they went back to the World Series and they said, you know what, Kevin Clancy, you know what, Clem, it's not your year. It's never going to be your year. It's Suck the it, Matt Royals Harvey. year. And that's when the Kansas City Royals and Johnny Gomes took home a World Series <laughs> title. Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis, Alex Gordon, one more time. Lorenzo. Lorenzo Kane, Alcides Escobar. Was James Shields on that team? I think he was. I think he was. World Series champion, Kansas City Royals, Salvador Perez. He's got the tattoo to prove it. He was there. The Kansas City Royals came to Boston. They said, we're the 2015 World Series champions. What are you going to do about it? You know what the Red Sox did about it? 
They turned in a very mediocre performance in this series, but it was enough to take three out of four from the Kansas City Royals, capping it off with a complete game combined shut piece in one of the most boring games of the entire season. It was a 2-0 victory. One of the runs was scored on a sacrifice fly. You can't get more boring than that. Shout out to Adam Duvall. What a series. Honestly, what a series. Duvall hitting that ball in between the ladder really was the best part of the that entire game. That was cool. I mean, no, no, no. well, I thought you were going to say the series. I mean, like the the ball going in the light in the green monster was pretty cool. Uh, the walk-off Grand Slam. But even that, <laughs> I mean, they cheated. Yeah, like we, oh my God. The people, me and you put out a very similar tweet being uh, like, oh, did it even look like a swing? The amount of idiots that ran with that and thought we were serious. Well, we I don't care eyeballs? anymore. I don't care anymore. Literally right before this fucking podcast, I signed up for the the uh, Twitter payment thing. <laughs> I'm going to, I am going to tweet the most toxic bullshit for the, for the rest of my life until the, those Elon paychecks reach the $1 billion mark. And then you'll never see me again. I'm just going to be tweeting all the same stuff that I used to annoy people with all like all like the Yankee troll tweets. Those are coming back. The Yankees lose. To, are you kidding me? The Yankees lose tweet. I haven't every done day. it all year. Guess what? It's coming back every time they lose. We are going to make so much money from Elon Musk that I mean, I, I'm not going to stop until Tyler's teeth are fucking 14 karat gold with diamonds in them. <laughs> I want different grills for every fucking day of the week. I yeah, want I that shit shining. I'll give you a different grill for every time the Red Sox win. That's all I need. If I can Once have I reach a billion dollars. A billion. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. how long will that take? Let's be real. The Yankees are sitting Three in weeks? fucking last place right uh-huh. now. Yeah. Like, if we're looking at any other year where we could have started this business plan, this is the fucking year to do it. I agree. Jake, what do you want if I hit a billion dollars on uh, Elon Musk revenue? I'll just take a lifetime suite at Fenway for every game. All right. Yeah. I mean, you basically have that now. <laughs> That's true. All right. I might have to rethink that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess like I got, yeah. I mean, if you want like a suite where I don't have to be there, then yeah. But I mean, you I feel like you'll, you'll be there within like the next call it three years. I'll take Would a suite it? at the garden then. Okay. Yeah. All right. Am I allowed to join anytime, Jake? Uh, now you got to text me a couple weeks in advance. Yeah, weeks, weeks in advance. Yes. Yeah, yes. A lot of By the way, why tickets. are you acting like you would be available to go to sporting events? I, I, I'm at Fenway Park these days. Uh, I'm just walking you around. You have gone to one game. All right. It was a game, though, and some would mm-hmm. say it was the worst game of the entire year, but I was there. Okay. I should earn more points for that. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Catch me August 28th. I'll be out there. I'll be doing shit. August 28th. What is that? Is I think that it's an weekday? Astros game. I don't even know know what day it is. It's a Monday. I'll be there. Jake heard a pretty interesting Astro story this morning. Hmm. Well, Jake's in the circle of trust. Is this inferring that I'm not? I didn't say that. You did not say it. Yeah, but I didn't say it. We're seven minutes in and you've already hurt my feelings today. Why? Why do you think I trust you? No, it's cool. You don't think I trust you? Uh, clear, clearly, the circle of trust involves others, not me. Well, you weren't there. You're not. You're not on baseball is dead. Whoa! Why throw you're it in not. my face? Well, you're not. You're 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 on name redacted. We're we're one family though. We're all under the same umbrella. You're on you're on section ten. Uh, we, we all have sex with Jared Carabas. Whoa! <laughs> Am I wrong? You're piping us all down. I mean, 
I'll, I'll be a pretty big sugar daddy in about three weeks once I hit Elon's billion dollar <laughs> we're all, paycheck. We're all waiting. This is what we need. We're all getting grills. That's definitely one of the questions I've been getting a lot over the last few days because um, Dave Portnoy bought 100% of Barstool back. And so people were saying, does this mean that uh, you're getting Section 10 back? It's a it's a it's I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I that don't sounds know the better than any other update ever, though. Well, I mean, if the original conversation was that I couldn't have it because I went to a competitor. But now. DraftKings is not a competitor. Well, then let's let's have a conversation. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have any updates on that. Uh, I think um, it would be nice. But we've also established a nice little brand with the name redacted as well. And I think people would agree that, you know, like Section 10 was a was an era. Name redacted is an era. Like Tyler has only existed on name redacted. It's a different era. So. Yeah, I think it would be also like, yes, I was obviously I want it back, but. I would I would I would wait. What do you mean? Like, it'd be something if you obtained it, you wouldn't flip it immediately. You'd have to think about it. Yeah, that's fair. I I think that's very fair, because with Section 10, there comes the conversation we've had, like name redacted has a different feel to it Mm -hmm. because obviously, you know, Steve's not here. Coley's not here. It's a different world. Yeah. But we'll see. It's interesting. It's an interesting thing that happened uh, for that reason. You know? Like now the forbidden door is open. And I said this on Baseball is Dead. I was like, you know, when Met stuff comes up, now Kevin can come on the podcast and Clem. And uh, on here, does that open the door for Hub's interactions? Oh, really? Does it? I've always wanted to taunt Hub's in my own way. Now, I don't think it would go over well, but I'd like to try. The Empire's back, baby! I mean... It's not like it's. It feels like it. That's the thing that it, it that could be a thing if the forbidden door is open. I know Tyler, you're a huge wrestling fan. It's like huge. Well, now the guys from New Japan can pop up at a Ring of Honor show. Someone from Ring of Honor can pop up at AEW. You don't know. You don't know? Uh, I I actually had a very big uh, wrestling comp for a recent piece of Red Sox news. I was thinking about the other day while I was driving. Can you tell me about it? So we're going to get into the Pablo Reyes talk. But mm-hmm. you know that uh, that video. Who's the really old guy that's been around forever? Ric Flair, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you that's know, say that, but. I'm sorry. He is. He's an older gentleman, is he not? He's not young. Yeah. Okay. Old. Elderly. Mm-hmm. You know, when that guy kicks him, he's like, I'm sorry. Like he mouths it to him. Shawn Michaels. That's what Pablo Reyes did to Yu Chang when he hit the Grand Slam in the first game and kind of killed Yu Chang. It's a fair comp. He says, I'm sorry. I love you. And then he kicks him in the face. Because that's was, what the that was a Pablo Reyes game. There's a retirement match. So he was defeating him, essentially ending his career, which is a bittersweet thing. Obviously, you want to win the match, but you're ending one of the most legendary careers in professional wrestling history. That was I that was great work for me. The fact that I even knew one of the guys. That's become a popular meme as of late. But you know what? I'll give it to you. Thank you. It's a good pull. I needed it. It's a good pull. Um, 
Where do you want to start? We have to start the Pablo Reyes game. Because I we do agree with you. I, I think your take on the series while you snuck it in there. What? You don't leave the series feeling really particularly good or anything. Like you did the bare minimum. You took three out I of four. I feel fine. I you I mean, did did you pick three out of four? Yeah, that was we said if you can't get three out of four from the fucking Royals, the second worst team in baseball and a historically bad team, what Mm -hmm. the hell is going on with you? I think we both went Did Jayco split. Yeah, Yeah, to split. Okay, that was a punishment, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Jake wanted to go sweep there. He did what he had to do. That's why he's Jake. But Um, I, I thought the Pablo Reyes performance in that first game. Talk about. Someone just taking the game over. And we had that conversation last episode where we were like, all right, well, we know this decision with Trevor Story is coming up in the next week, one way or the other. Why would you keep you Chang or Pablo Reyes over each other? And we said Pablo Reyes and the versatility. He can play center field. We know they trust him at shortstop. He can play third. Cora said they trust him at first base. Now, I saw you Chang make some nice Wait, plays at what? first base. Yeah, Cora said that today. He was like, Pablo Reyes what? can play first base if we needed him. To. Oh, God damn it. I'm so stupid, Tyler. I'm sorry. Are you okay? Fuck. Um, is this thing on? Yeah, put your head down. Shame on you. You didn't remember either. So suck my <laughs> Bayo flipped the switch. The yellow socks are a glitch. Pablo Reyes, bitch. That is a remix. It was him originally, but a lot of people commented that and it was much better. Short rest Pavetta. Cass's homers, we treasure. McGuire's big hose. I just X'd out the newest one. I have it. Put your hand down. Doogie's revenge tour. It poured. Paxson went to war. Socks win. Three out of four. Wow. A series of haikus by Tyler Milliken. Wow. This might have been this might have been your best series for haikus. Consistency wise. Yeah, like I yeah, yeah. I think this might have been your best series for haikus. Admittedly, I don't think I I did I haven't read any of them this series. I listen. What are you doing? Listen, I I've been I've been checked out a little bit because of the the Blue Jay series really did kill me. It took life out of you. Yeah, it did. Like I'm not afraid to admit that. Like I think we're all we're all Red Sox fans here, or maybe we're not. I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously there are non-Red Sox fans that listen to this podcast. Appreciate you guys as well. But being open and honest about where I'm at, that Blue Jay series took a lot out of me. And thank God the Royals came to town and they fucking suck. Uh, you took three out of four and I don't, I still don't feel energized because they took three out of four. I feel like it was almost like, uh, like you escaped, you escaped with three, like you're supposed to win three out of four against this team. They're terrible. Um, it took everything their brains in no at all three games. The first game, it took a Pablo Reyes grand slam and that breaking your way with Luis Arias's check swing, uh, yesterday. It took the bullpen absolutely locking it down. The Kyle Isbell ball landing in the light, saving that run. The reason that game doesn't end up going to extras after Kenley gives up a homer in the ninth. And today, you scored two fucking runs. Scored two runs against the Royals. You're lucky your bullpen showed up and did its thing, along with James Paxton. But 
You thought you'd walk into this series and just kind of maul them to death. The reality is with the Red Sox lineup, you have a serious like cold stretch going here. Since July 28th going into today, they're 27th in runs scored. 26 in weighted runs created plus at 73, 29th in OBP at 274. And this is a Red Sox offense that is the ninth best in baseball in terms of runs. That's how cold they've been now for two weeks. Really since that giant series when you started dropping series again. Um, also, those defensive numbers, please, if you, if you do you have any of those in front of you. Uh, on just where the Red Sox defense ranks outs above average, just oh. the gap, the Red Sox outs above average. They're dead last in baseball, but the gap between them and the 29th ranked team will make you shit your pants. Potentially. I have it right here. Give me one second. Jake would have had it faster, but Jake, Jake, do you have it in front of you? Jake's fucking busy producing the show, dude. Sorry. Sorry. I'm anybody here okay outs above average where do the red sox rank in 2023 you might ask all the way in 30th negative 51 where do the reds rank who are 29th negative 19 so what is that Uh, 32 (laughs) negative 32 they're not even in the same universe it's absolutely not even in the same universe like I, i mean just for perspective i know that you're not gonna be able to pull this up right now I would love to know, like, what is the worst outs above average team of all time? I don't even know that you're going to be able to figure that out. But no, I'm not going to be able to pull that up on the yeah on the run here. Um, but th- that's where the Red Sox currently are right now. And I think you look at this entire season. Does it feel that crazy? Now, it is a little different if you look at defensive run saved and some of these other metrics. But... Kike Hernandez at shortstop, everything he went through. Rafael Devers at third base has been a major disappointment this year. Tristan Casas at first, he's had his fair share of struggles. Outs You're above still average. wearing it from Kike, too. Yeah. Uh, out, or outs above average doesn't like Masataka Yoshida that much. So that no. factors in. Not ideal. No. Um, yeah. Just, just wanted to point that out because that is a part of the game. I know that we, we look at we look at pitching, we look at offense, but the Red Sox defense this year really has has chapped my fucking ass, Tyler. And I usually don't I don't put a ton of stock into defense. Like, I know it's important, like, but I, I, I don't. All right. Let me re- rephrase that. I don't want to say I don't put a ton of stock into defense because I do. I think what I'm trying to say is I usually it's not usually something I have to worry about. Right. Like it's at the very least, it's steady. Right. Yeah, you at least hold above water. You're not one of the worst teams in baseball, but you go back even a year ago, they were 22nd in outs above average in all of baseball at negative 13. You weren't this bad. You're historically bad right now. Historically bad. And that's the kind of common theme here. Three years in a row, you know, fuck 2020, whatever that may be. Three years in a row, the defense has been a serious problem for this team, whether it's been fitting in square pegs and round holes, Talking about Kyle Schwarber at first base or Bobby Delbick at first base. Still, Devers kind of trying to figure it out. You need to kind of start constructing these teams to be able to play defense, and Heimblum hasn't done that yet. That's a really serious criticism on his roster building. He hasn't built a strong defensive team. Well, let's uh, let's switch gears back to something a little bit more positive. Hmm. Let's talk about the call. The call of the series brought to you by Nextel i90. 
Um, this is a no-brainer. You already know where I'm going with this. Dave outdid himself. The 1-0. Swing and a drive. Sock down the line. And that ball's gone. And the Red Sox win the game. Pablo, Pablo. This is a great call. That's a great call by OB. Great call by OB. I texted him after the game to let him know. And uh, it was funny. I think before game two of the series, he he referenced something that I said in that conversation on the broadcast, which is funny. Um, OB crushed it with that call. The yellow socks. What's the do we have an updated uh, record with the yellow jerseys? Yes, I believe it's 24 and nine now. 24 and nine. I think it was seven and oh coming into this series for this year, right? Yes, and then obviously they dropped their first. So they're ten and one. Uh, ten and one. Ten and one this year. And what is it again for the for forever? Yellow Sox are now twenty-four and five all time. Twenty-four and five? Twenty-four and five. Twenty-four and five. So that is a eight twenty-six winning percentage. I I don't Listen, the fact that the clubhouse manager is the one stepping in and being like, everything that's going on with this team right now. Shout out Tommy Mack. Tommy Mack's a fucking G. Dude, he's calling uh, the shots. Yeah, Tommy Mack. I want to say, don't quote me on this. He's been there. Man, I I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to get it wrong and date him, but I think he's been there basically since I was born. Um, I had the pleasure, the honor of meeting him at during spring training. He was on the uh, Nesson like a pro episode that I did where I was a clubby for a day. And he was the one that uh, gave me the direction, told me what uh, tasks I should be performing as a clubby for the day and got to interview him at the end of my workday as a clubby. And that man is a legend. He is a legend around those parts. He oversees all of that activity uh, in the Red Sox clubhouse. Um, so shout out Tommy Mack for being the guy that was like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're, we're going yellow here. Fuck, fuck this losing stuff. We're going we're bringing out the yellow jerseys. The legend. It, it, they just respond like just that Pablo Reyes moment on its own. How many times are you going to have that kind of electricity? And I know some people got a little down on Tuesday when they lost in them, but you win series in them. And this is what it is. I know you were undefeated at the time going into the series before that, but wear them as fucking long as you possibly can and ride this out. It's yet to fail. The yellow socks have never failed. Well, one game's okay. A series? One game's okay, yeah. If you're winning the series, that loss doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, By the way, just circling back to that defense conversation a little bit, if you look yeah. at defensive run save for the Red Sox this year, they're 27th. They're minus 24. So outs above average, historically bad. Look at some of the other metrics, you know, not as bad. Still, out of all the high and bloom years, I do look at this as their worst defensive year. It's it's By gotta a good be margin. One, like I'm not even talking like Red Sox years. I'm talking like it's gotta be one of the worst to ever do it. But I think where you start to be a little hopeful, and we saw it 
It wasn't the greatest couple days for Trevor Story. We got one day at shortstop. That play he made when the infield was in and he threw from his knees, that looked pretty damn good to me. You know what? I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's a it's a it's a fine thing. Trevor Story made his return in this series and I mean nothing really ha- like he didn't stand out. Like it wasn't it wasn't a good thing, it wasn't a bad thing. I was kind of hoping that he came out of the the gates um like guns blazing, but it you know, he's he's got to get his feet under him and this is like I, I was debating privately with some people that were getting on me for defending Trevor story. Uh, Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Some people privately wanted to have it out with me because I was like, yeah, dude, like Trevor story is coming off a major elbow surgery. Hasn't played baseball all year. Didn't have a spring training. Didn't have a spring training last year uh, because of childbirth. <clears throat> um so now he knows, oh, when I don't have a spring training, I don't play very good. So like, let me actually like get some ABs under my belt before I start seeing major league pitching. Uh, he, like he knows his body. He knows what he responds to. But I think the, the, the argument is, well, you're getting paid a shit ton of money and the, and the season's on the line and yada, 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 yada. So, I mean, eventually he caved to the people that were saying that. But there were certain individuals within... Uh, I would say, like, let's call them notable names. Notable, notable. names. Yeah, I don't want respected to respected figures. As, I don't know how respected this figure is, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't want people to th- take what I'm saying and be like, oh, like his own teammates. Like, no, no, no. It wasn't anyone that works for or is connected to the Boston Red Sox, um, at least from a paycheck perspective. But uh, yeah, prominent names in the in the space that were coming at me for that and i was like fuck you like it's you do it at what 40 at bats yeah 40 bats and you see it the reason why he wanted to take the time was so it didn't look like it did this week where he played shortstop one day and dh the other two days he's building up they're trying to get his body to where it needs to be to handle it the guy hasn't played shortstop since 2021 and there is wear on the elbow they are trying to strengthen it it's not one of those things where he's like oh i'm whipping the ball 100 there's still some soreness He's talked about it. He's been open about it. You don't, you know, when you get your elbow worked on, it's like when a pitcher is building up. You kind of got to work through some of this stuff, and he hasn't had that same luxury. Like we said, he's lucky to be playing this year. There were plenty of people that said, you know, we weren't going to see him this year. That's a very real possibility. One setback, one thing kind of popping up. Well, he forced himself, jumped even a little bit early because he felt like the team needed him. It's just he wanted to be able to give them everything he could, 100%. I don't want to go and have to play in the field one day, and then you DH me. The only reason the DH is working right now is because Justin Turner's hurt. If Justin Turner wasn't hurt, this would make even less sense. There wouldn't be room for him. Four to six weeks that he, and that's if he uh, stays off of his feet, it's four to six weeks. Yeah, this is going to be a thing he deals with for the rest of the year, and it's going to have to be monitored. And, you know, I know some people are going to be like, well, you shouldn't have never put him in the field. That's not what caused it. He hit that bag weird in Seattle and Ever since then, it's just been a problem. It's a bone bruise. That's the way he described it. They're hoping he plays tomorrow. But for a guy, Justin Turner, who's 38 years old, he's already said it messed up my mechanics. When you saw me in Toronto in the or against Toronto in the first game of this series, my mechanics are bothering and it's starting to spark other like injuries and soreness for him. So that's why they sat him down. His feet are everything. We know how it impacted David Ortiz. Like you talk about older hitters and that kind of stuff. 
is not easy to overcome, especially as he's putting more and more miles on. 38-year-old isn't going to feel great in August or September anyways. Now you add this into it, not ideal. How do you feel about that moving forward? I'm nervous. I'm worried because I think you've seen with this lineup how much Justin Turner's approach in bat means to them. When he's, well, he's not been in the there, guy, he's been the guy for, for the most whole clutch year. hitter on the team. When when Rafael Devers was struggling, Justin Turner stepped up. When Tristan Casas wasn't hitting for the first month and a half, Justin Turner was there. Like at, throughout the entire season, he's been their most consistent uh, above average hitter. Is that fair or unfair? Fair. 100% fair. Like you've had Masataka Yoshida, who has had his peaks and valleys offensively. Uh, there haven't really been any valleys for Justin Turner. Like there's been miniature lulls. Like he's been dormant for a series or two, but it's never, there's never been a point where you're sitting there thinking, man, JT's got to figure it out. Like, no, like, you know, he may, he may go like one for the series against someone, whatever. Like that's, that's expected. But when the Red Sox were performing at their best as a team, Justin Turner was at the forefront of their offensive production. If there was a big game where the Red Sox offense got it going, Justin Turner more than likely drove in at least one run in that game. If there was a late inning comeback, he probably had the hit that either started the rally or finished the rally. He's been that guy all season long. So if this is a situation where, uh, you know, like they kind of made it seem like he could play with it, but like, for it to heal completely, he's got to be off his feet for four to six weeks. It's not like, yeah, you know, it's going to suck. We can give him a cortisone shot and he can play through it and this and that. Like, if it, put it this way, if it was if it were the playoffs, Justin Turner's out there. Like that, it's it's something that like it's not like his ankle's broken and he has to go get surgery on it. Uh, it's it's a motherfucker of an injury. It's painful and it's not going to heal probably until the offseason at this point. And that's where you sit there and you wonder, like, if the bat does take a step back, if he can't be the kind of consistent presence he's been all year, these ups and downs from the Red Sox offense become more and more scary because we know they peak and they valley. It happens consistently throughout this year. And we're in one of those valleys right now. I gave you the stats, you know, 10 minutes ago. They are going through it for over two weeks now, and there's really nothing you know, besides Casas, who's kind of been the really only consistent bat, Rafael Devers has cooled off. Yoshida got a day off today because he hasn't really been hitting. They're in a tough spot without Justin Turner. And now you lose some of the positional versatility. You don't really need him at second base anymore. But the breaks he could give a Rafael Devers, a Tristan Casas in certain platoon matchups, those went a long way towards Alice Core being, being able to put out his best lineup frequently. I just, I look at Turner and I say, uh, that's one bad, you know, landing on the base away from him going on the IL. And if I told you that, you say like, ah, I'm kind of tuned out with the Red Sox a little bit. They've turned me off. If I told you Justin Turner's not playing for a couple weeks, you're like, man, I don't know how this Red Sox team is going to get through those couple weeks. That feels close to impossible. And that doesn't add in a lot of other players who are dealing with innings limitations. Cutter Crawford. Talking about Cutter Crawford, he's starting to hit an innings limit here where you see the velocity has been down and you know, in his recent starts. Brian Bayo, they're trying to give him an extra day consistently. Cora keeps mentioning how they're worried about him upholding this workload. James Paxson was down a mile, a mile 0.6 today off his four-seamer. Velocity is down back-to-back starts. I think it averaged 93.9 off the top of my head. 
it adds up across the boards here. And, and you really got to wonder how many bullets some of these guys are going to have. Josh Winkowski, he's been excellent since coming from, you know, the all-star break and kind of getting a chance to reset. All the innings he has under his belt this year, like not what you're exactly hoping for when you're pushing down the stretch and you need to be playing the best baseball you've played all year to even be part of this conversation. Not that I want to be too negative on a uh, three out of four series victory against the Kansas City Royals, but um, the the Pablo Reyes game in the series opener when like, I don't know how you felt about it, but when Urias checks his swing, but really essentially takes a full swing. I'm sitting. It's not even like debatable. Like, it's not even like, eh, that one could have gone either way. Like, motherfucker took a full swing. They're getting, they're walking off the field. Yeah. So, like, I'm sitting there like, oh, man, like this is that might be that might be like one of the first times where uh, I felt like we really stole one there. Because sometimes, like, if you've got a bad umpire, you're like, all right, yeah, like there's been some shit calls against you. There's been some shit calls against us. Like, you know, it, it is it balances itself out. Like, I'll take that. Like we, you know, for that blown strike three call with the bases loaded in the third inning, like that that's that's a good makeup. But for this game, like that was strike three. And then Pablo Reyes has to walk off Grand Slam. And you're sitting there thinking for my, my first thought isn't like, oh, yay, the Red Sox won. It was like, Damn, like if I'm a Royals fan, I am pissed. <laughs> and not only that, my second thought is, damn, if I'm Yu Chang right now, I'm pissed. Like you, you cannot designate Pablo Reyes for assignment after the dude, uh, what he steal second, throw goes wild. He fucking swipes third. Then he hits a walk off grand slam. You're going to designate that dude for assignment after? No. He, and he pitched a scoreless inning the day before. <laughs> like he was part of every single thing that happened in that first game. The Masataki Yoshida sack fly, as you mentioned, steals second, gets a third. Later in that game, he starts or starts what? The fifth or sixth inning off with the double. Connor Wong hits him in. Those are both of those runs and the grand slam. Plus the double plays that bailed Brian Bayo out. He's in the middle of them playing a good shortstop, a consistent shortstop. So what what more can you really ask for there? I look at you, Chang, and I say, man, we appreciate you. You've played amazing defense here. You hit a homer every once in a while. Pablo Reyes, I know Alex Cora told you, and I think even Cora walked back some of those comments this last couple of days. Where he's like, you know, he's not an everyday player, and I'm not telling you Pablo Reyes is, but he's like, yeah, they were right about getting this guy. Like, I think Cora went and he said, uh, Ramon Vasquez, he was like, he was really just very loud about saying what this guy could bring to the team and all this stuff. And I had to do my research and kind of figure it out. Boom. Pablo Reyes is a very good utility infielder to have here. And you have him for control beyond this year as well. I'm happy to have Pablo Reyes here. I trust him. I'd like to see him in center field. I want to see what he looks like out there. Let's let's expand these horizons a little bit. Jake, what did you feel about that walk off Grand Slam? How were the emotions going through your head? I thought the same exact thing, which is kind of fucked up. I just was like, if this happened to us, I would have shot myself in the face. Um, but obviously, cool moment. Yellow jerseys. You're looking for something like that after a shit series over the weekend. So, yeah, that was sick. What a world. First homer since 2021. Do you know the Against last John homer? Lester. Off John Lester. <laughs> last time this dude hit a fucking home run, it was off someone that's been retired for 
two years. What a find. The most improbable walk-off grand slam. When's the last time the Red Sox had a walk-off grand slam? What's oh, that stat? No, this is crazy. Now, Jared, you're going to punch yourself because you're forgetting. Last year, do you, do you know- remember? It's a, a good walk off grand slam. Oh, not walk or yeah, walk off grand slam. Yes, two. There's been two the last two years. A walk off grand slam happened Jared. last year and the year before in 2018. What? Jake, don't say it. Do you know? Do you know them off the top of your head? I know last year. Okay. Do you want a hint or would you like to guess? Is it obvious? Uh, no, neither. They're pretty. The 2018 one is, but the other ones aren't. I'll Someone tell you. Hit a walk 2022 was May. And uh, story? no, 2021 was August. Uh, fuck, I don't remember at all. Franchi last year. Oh, remember the Mariners. Yeah, the Heim Bloom fist pump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Goat the Mariners. And that tw- was in tw- May. Yeah. Yeah, May. It and was then, a four-game series at Fenway. Yeah. Yeah, that's when Trevor Story had the three-homer mm-hmm. game and all that. It yeah, was like yeah, the yeah. turning point early in the yeah. year. I didn't like I remember that he hit the and it was in the series finale. It was in the fourth game. I remember that. I couldn't tell you that it was a grand slam. I I that's still it's not I'm not even thinking like, oh yeah. I remember you hit a walk-off. Couldn't tell you it was a Grand Slam. Anyways, uh, there was a walk-off Grand Slam in 2018? And 21. You have a connection, a pretty significant connection with the 2021. Was 18... Was eight? Is Was 18 Hanley? Xander against the Blue Jays? Oh, I, I was at that game. That Was that the Blue Jays or was it the A's? Was it the... I thought it was the Blue Jays, but I could be wrong. Maybe it was to it was a day game to dead center. Yes. Yeah, I think it might have been the A's. I remember that one. I was at that game. It was the Blue Jays. Blue Jays. All right. That's like the famous Sander. Like, like, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And then 21. You're going to. Oh, I you are going to be so angry at yourself. 21. A walk-off Grand Slam in 2021. You nicknamed this player. I nicknamed every player on that. Fair. Fair point. This is a long nickname, though. Like, OG days. Devers? Travis Shaw. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was was before uh, he hit a walk-off Grand Slam before uh, Fenway was at full capacity because no one was there. Yeah, it, I think it was the Rangers off the top of my head. It might have been something. I don't else. remember who that one was against, but yeah, I remember it was uh, over like the bullpen. And uh, yeah, that was before Fenway was back in full capacity. So it was like walk off Grand Slam, but no one's here. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've completely forgot. I mean, like I knew Xander hit that walk off Grand Slam. I couldn't. For some reason, like that doesn't scream 2018 to me. Like I remember like the the Mookie 14 pitch. Yeah. 
I think it had been 20 years before that one in 2018 that they had a walk-off Grand Slam, I believe. And then we just do it all the time now. now three years in a row? How fucking... And it's three players that you're going to go back in your head and, you know, Red Sox fans won't remember. Franchi Cordero, you'll remember Travis Shaw because he had a couple stints here, but Pablo Reyes... In 2027, can you imagine telling someone about Pablo Reyes? I mean, I don't know. Pablo Reyes is just one of those guys that uh, not even a name that you thought of in spring training because he wasn't here yet. And then he kind of becomes, I don't want to call him a key cog in what the Red Sox have going on, but hes he's he's been needed. He's one of the he's boys. Been- him and Brian Bayo got a pretty good relationship, it seems. Yeah. That's I've seen cool. him. He's with that crew. It's him, Casas, Devers, Bayo. Um, there might be someone else. I remember the dinner picture came out like two or three months ago. And everyone was like, what the fuck is Pablo Reyes doing with these guys? Dog, they like Pablo Reyes. They fuck yeah. with Pablo Reyes. He's one of the yeah. dudes. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. He's a guy. I like Pablo Reyes. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that would stand out in this series from that game. I thought Brian Bayo, it was nice just to see him be himself again in that very first game. Like he has not been himself since the all-star break six no. and two thirds, six hits, one earned, two K's, two walks. I'm not going to sit here and act like it was the greatest thing ever. Cause those double plays did bail him out a bit, but you needed some length and he gave it to you before Josh Winkowski came in and became uh Josh Winkowski. It, you can you can sit and smile about it. I didn't say shit. Didn't say it happened. It, actually, you're you're a little bitch right now because you tweeted. You, you tweeted me? out something. You heard me. You're being what? a little bitch. What? What did I do? Hmm. Was that the tweet when when Kelsky gave I up those said, two runs? I just said, hmm. Oh, why? Because he's a whiny little bitch and I didn't want to say something that would upset him. <laughs> So I just said, Fair point. Hmm. yeah, I, I wasn't trying to upset him. He's very sensitive. It doesn't take much to upset him. So I just said, hmm, what did you in want touch to with his emotions? No, I, I just I was curious to see where you were at. With what? Just watching him because he did have a good rest of the series. He's been yeah, very good since the All-Star break. I'm not. Listen, I have I have no personal axe to grind <laughs> against Josh Winkowski in his dugout. So, yeah, I like I, I respect him and his dugout. So I just, you know, when I see him in his dugout, I I salute when he walks by and, uh, <laughs> you know, I just I show respect. Uh, what will what will you remember most from the Danielson Lamette era? Uh, Probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they had no time for him. No, they really didn't. Two innings, and they were like, thank you. Thank you for your time. How many batters did he face in, like, 11? It was something like that. The final line was two innings pitch, four hits, three earned, one K, one walk, and uh, MJ Melendez took him deep. I mean, Melendez, that dude. Took everyone deep. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was talking to Coley before the show, and I called him the Latino Frank Catalanato. And that's going to go over your head because you're 16 years old. But uh, growing up, Frank Catalanato was the premier Red Sox killer. Like that dude 
would just every time, didn't matter what team he was on. If he was playing the Red Sox, three for four, two doubles, a home run. Uh, he would get hit and get a, and walk and steal base and drive in six. Like that was Frank Catalanato every single time. Is this like Rowdy Telez or even worse? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like he like as a as a kid growing up as a Red Sox fan. Uh, Frank Catalanato was probably like my first introduction to like Red Sox killer. He was like the OG Red Sox killer. Did he have like a specific moment? Like, is there a no. like a moment you play back in your head, or is it just every time you played him? Every time, gonna fuck you. Every up? time, yep. Every time. <laughs> I hear the pain. Yeah, those are crazy days. Those are crazy days. Um, I, I wasn't. There's people listening that can appreciate that reference. You feel Not old? That old? Yeah, a little bit. But that's the goal is, you know, you hope that your audience grows with you. It's like, you know, I'm in my mid 30s, but I'm sure we have listeners that range from high school kids to I mean, I know that there's people that are like my dad's age that listen, including my dad. (laughs) Not to be like my dad's ancient, but like I'm talking like dudes that are in their 60s. will just chill and listen to the show. It's cool. He's in his like George Clooney era. I, I will say Nick. I will say Nick Robertson in that game. Uh, really bad uh, first inning. Got smacked around, but the last two innings he set them down in order. Got sent down right after as well. But you know, I'm not throwing out the towel on him. He's young. You kind of got to let it play a little bit here uh, for a relief prospect. I'm not acting like he's 21 or anything. But uh, you know, it looked a little bit better the last two. Hopefully, they can keep working with him again to the point where he can be usable in the big leagues. He's just going to be up and down. He's going to be one of those guys the next six weeks or so. I so I don't really, I don't buy in with you know the the cranky older crowd that's like you know oh, like the Red Sox and they need to spend more money. But where they do make a good point is these are some of the most important games of the season. And who the fuck is that guy coming out of the Red Sox bullpen? That's where I do get frustrated. Yeah. That's where I do get frustrated. Uh, I will say in a game like that where, you know, it gets away from you. Probably I'm looking more at Denilson Lamette. Like that's the guy you're leaning on minor league options. Part of its injuries. I, part I of it's the. I, I like Denilson Lamette. I, I think we all were like, oh, it's interesting, but we're not trying to have a pitcher revive his career when he's not even lighting it up at AAA. The ERA was OK. The FIP was over five. He was like striking out seven per nine. I'm sorry for a guy that missed so many bats a couple years ago. I could have told you when they called him up, it was going to be bad. The stuff didn't bounce back. And it's awesome that Pedro wanted to make the call and all those things. Great. It didn't work. He hasn't clicked anything. He just, he is what he is at this point. That's where you have the conversation about having another arm there that you could have got at the deadline. Doesn't help when Michael Lorenzen throws a no hitter either the last couple of days. And you kind of stare at him and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I don't think it fixes where the Red Sox are right now. Sean McAdam had a fantastic piece today. Fantastic piece. People were asking me about it. I didn't I didn't catch it, but people were asking for us to comment on it. What was the gist of it? I, I'm, I'm mad that I didn't get to uh, read it, but it, it was basically kind of turning like a lot of people since the deadline have been like, oh, the team has fallen apart because they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. This is on the front office for sending the wrong message. And these players are kind of shutting it down and saying, oh, they don't believe us. So fuck everything. Sean McAdams like these players hold these players accountable because what's been going on here. You know, you score 13 runs in your last five losses. Who the fuck's that on? 
The offense wasn't getting a major boost either way. That's just you not showing up and you're dealing with the Justin Turner thing. Reese McGuire celebrating a homer and getting doubled off while Carlos Febles is asleep at third base. That's not on Hein Bloom. That's on Reese McGuire needing to be better and Carlos Febles needing to be better. Devers error on Saturday. That kind of opened the floodgates and was the reason Luis Arias' RBI single in the bottom of the ninth didn't tie the game. Sunday, Jaron Duran, alligator arming that ball in center field, opened the floodgates. That, these are the same mistakes this team has been all year. This is the inconsistent defense, the bad base running where they're kind of screwing things up and just not the bats not being able to consistently be what they need to be. James Paxson getting his head, his head kicked in on Friday. Whose fault is that? He just needs to be better. We know we expect more out of James Paxton. That's all he was kind of pointing to and saying, you know, the Red Sox, yeah, maybe you get another win here on that Friday game instead of going to Mauricio Jovera and it goes to 6-2 instead of 4-2, you're in a better spot. But does Alex Verdugo show up on time if you got someone? No. This has been an issue for months, as we know through Alex Spears reporting. So you got to put it on the players to just be better. And the reality is this is who they are. They're consistently inconsistent. And they've been that since day one. Baseball fans, you can be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered from the top of the first to the bottom of the ninth all season long. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place your parlay by combining three or more bets from the same game. Every additional leg gets you in... Uh, an extra boost up to 100%. Step up to the plate right now with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app, sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 877-8- Hope and Y or text Hope and Y in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Opt-in and 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, I got to catch up with Sean McAdam. Uh, what was that? What's today? Today's Thursday, so I saw him on Tuesday. Um, we should get Sean on. We, we go way back. We did the baseball show together with Lou back in the day. I think 2016, 17, one of those years. I think it's 16. Um He's been around. He's been around for quite some time. Not calling him old, but he, what, Providence Journal. Uh, I think he was at the Herald, maybe. Uh, BSJ. Yep. And now he's with Mass Live. So he's uh, he's he's seen some shit. Big Beatles guy. Very knowledgeable. Very dry sense of humor, but he's very funny. Um, yeah, I would like to get. 
I would like to get Sean McAdam on the podcast. Him and he, uh, gets, uh, he has very interesting insight to the team. Yeah, someone who has the pulse for the Red Sox still, and you can't always say that about certain people on that beat who've been around a long time, as we know. Uh, but I think uh, today they actually had a pretty interesting conversation. Him and uh, Catillo talk about Blake Snell being someone they think the Red Sox are going to really heavily pursue this offseason due to Bloom's connections, you know, drafting him back in the day, which you tell me you're going to get Blake Snell part of this rotation. You know, I still think you need more overall. Go get me Yamamoto. But that excites me. That's the kind of stuff that can spark a World Series run next year. And you be in that kind of conversation. Um, that I would like that. I like Blake Snell. Big sneaker guy. I you don't think know he'd that be he... In... No, I don't. No. Wow. You don't think he'd be into a place like Boston? I think he'd be into a place like Boston. I think he wants to win. But I think like geographically, I don't know. I don't know what his geographical preference is. It might be the West Coast. I don't know. I don't know that he wants to be out here. Washington kid. Well, yeah. he was with the Rays, right? Like he was doing his thing in Tampa and he was like insulted when the trade rumors of that first started happening. I know that it bothered him that he was even mentioned in those talks. Yeah. Work your way a little up the Heimbloom relationship. And I don't know. I think if you're the Red Sox, you could sell players. If things go the way they need to over the next six weeks and you're in the conversation, you can be that team every year. We talk about like the Orioles a year ago where everyone's kind of pointing them and saying, yeah, they're next up. Like we're a couple pieces away and we have the money. Look at the young core we have. Do you want to be a part of something and really be one of the faces of something as the Red Sox kind of reached the level they have been hoping to reach since the Heimblum era started? We'll see what happens in the offseason. But I like Blake Snow a lot. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Um, I, know him, I know him a little bit. Um, I can't remember. Probably when he was with Tampa. We've never had him on the podcast. I feel like it's always been like something where we were close and it didn't happen or whatever. But yeah, he's a very entertaining dude. Um, I could see that. It would have to be Blake Snell and, like you said, Blake Snell and Yamamoto. You, you look at like the last two years, it's a 261 and 23 starts this year. The FIP's like 3-6. Last year it was a 330 and 24 starts and it was a 280 FIP. So, yeah, a little inconsistency. You can kind of see the numbers year over year. But if that's the guy you're looking at as like a, you know, Yamamoto, Snell, Bayo. I think a lot of people are feeling that. A lot of people are into that. And then you pick I'd one of Cutter, Houck, Whitlock, however you want to play that game, right? As the fifth starter and you're four. Is it probably not Paxson at that point if you're bringing in two of those arms, I'm assuming? You know, you're not bringing him back on a QO or trying to resign him on another deal. Or it could be two of those younger arms. Who knows? Hmm. Maybe. The Yamamoto Maybe. hype is building on Twitter. I'm Lou, seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing Lou dropped a lot of the that. big fish today. He, he's like, this is the big fish the Red Sox have to go after. What? Uh, what did he say? Let me see. And I, I do want to preface this and say someone had tweeted at me and I do agree, right? Like fans are getting very excited about him because he's so young. He's going to be 25 years old. Like he's about to win the triple crown in the MPB for the third year in a row. Talked about his uh, Masahiro Tanaka, like a younger version of him. 
don't get upset or too stuck to him because if he signs somewhere else and say maybe the Red Sox pay Aaron Nola or, you know, insert another name that's on the free agent market list, Blake Snell this year, and they kind of go about it in a different way. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. I just the Red Sox are going to get one of these arms. I think this one between the Red Sox scouts being there like they have been the Yoshida connection, the age, it feels like you can it, it just matches up so perfectly with the Red Sox and what they look for in players. Mm. Like I don't, don't want to get too excited about it. All I'm telling Heim is all you wanted was a young controlled starter at this deadline. That's what you dreamt on Heim, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you were begging for. And you couldn't find the deal. If I told you all it costs is money, all it costs is money. And you could get one of those guys and a guy who's arguably better than the options you were looking at because Dylan Cease does not look too good since the trade deadline. No. Well, he didn't uh, really look that great before it either. Yeah, yeah, it's been a rough year for him overall. Obviously, yeah. a step back in regressing. Um, but you could get that guy for just money. Just dollars. You just got to put it on the table. And that's a John Henry that, part of the question exactly, as well. exactly what I was going to say. Like, you're you're preaching a Heim right now. That's a John Henry thing. And I will say this. Like, BOH was on EEI last week, maybe. Within the last couple of weeks. And... uh the question was phrased sort of around Shohei Otani, which is it's fucking stupid. Like, I don't even know why anyone would ask about like Shohei Otani is not coming here, but nope. that doesn't mean that you can't spend money to improve your baseball team. And that is what the Red Sox should be doing at some point uh, this offseason. And the answer was basically, yeah, no, not only do we have it, not only do we have the money to spend, but we have the desire to spend. That's all I want to know. Like, don't because I mean, Let's face it. In years past, we've been faced with, uh, well, we can't because X, Y, and Z. We can't because uh, the luxury tax. And we can't because, you know, we're, we have these other contracts that we're either thinking about with Rafael Devers or these contracts that we're paying, like uh, David Price. Like, it's it's all been sandwiched in between. Now, uh, you're, you're in more of a position to be able to go out and spend some money on uh, premier talent and... Uh, I know that it has been a grueling process. I know that fans have grown impatient, and I'm not saying that they're wrong for feeling that way because I feel that way. I'm impatient. I'm sick of, uh, I don't even want to call it losing because it's, it's not even like the Red Sox are tanking. It's not like the fucking A's. Like you're just, you're average, you're mid, you're just, you're just droning along. It's, it's, it's boring. It's, you're not good, you're not bad, you're just kind of fucking playing out the string of a major league baseball season. That to me is not like, that doesn't grab me. Who, who does that grab? Um, but then you start to see the emergence of a Tristan Casas and a Brian Bayo and, uh, Devers could obviously be better, but the fact that he's just here makes me feel better about the situation. So there is a foundation, Jaron Duran, another guy, uh, foundation that's developing here. And this is the time that you supplement that with, free agent spending and i feel like that's this is a uh this is a very important offseason not just for heim and uh, people keep asking about like heim his job security and yada yada uh it's it it's yes it's important for him from from a job security perspective but it's also very important for the boston red sox franchise in the direction that they are trying to head in because now right like if yamamoto goes out there and What's the projection? 200? Yeah, it's 200. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets closer to 250 once you get 250? to 250. Okay. With the age, it's how often it, are you going to find a 25 year old arm like that? 
I'll meet you in the middle. Let's call it 225, right? Say he goes for 225. What do you got on Blake Snell? What do you think Blake Snell is going to go for? Not 225. 165? Uh, yeah. 170? Right in that ballpark. And I... Maybe even a little less if people are kind of scared off. Like the Rodon deal? Yeah, I call it the Rodon deal. I like that. Okay. Call it five for whatever, 156, whatever the fuck that was. You're going to find out a lot about uh, the speculation. Oh, the Red Sox, they hired Heim Bloom to come in here to be the, the raised nerd, to have the payroll come down, to compete with a lower payroll because now you're building up this infrastructure of young cost controlled talent. They're all uh, homegrown players and they're not going to spend this money because now they won't have to. They're just building the Tampa Bay Rays model in Boston. Or are you going to have the question answered? Well, now you're, you're the Dodgers. You have the Tampa Bay Rays model and the ability to spend a bunch of money. And I mean, they just gave Rafael Devers $330 million. That is a lot of money. The Tampa Bay Rays are not giving out $330 million contracts. They're just not. So it does kind of lean more towards the Dodgers model. But Devers was a guy that was already here. So you're not adding by spending. You're maintaining, which is good. That's also important. Uh, and I feel like you needed the good PR. You needed the uh, uh, goodwill to be built back up with the fans after letting Xander Bogarts go. And I know Nathan Avaldi and JD, those, those hit on different levels for certain people, but Xander, I think hit on uh, a major level for most of the fan base. So I don't, I'm happy about the Devers deal, but I think this off season, you're going to find out what the true intent of the organization is where like, can you criticize ownership for not being as committed as they have been in the past? And what was the, what was the Sam Kennedy stuff? Uh, so Kennedy basically came out and said pretty similar to Heim Bloom, but obviously when Kennedy says that it, it hits a little different, it's we had prospects we really liked that other teams were interested in that we just weren't willing to let go. I got it right here. Trade deadline came and went, and and you were in an interesting position really for the second straight year where you're hovering on the edge of the playoffs uh, a couple games out at the time. A lot of fans say the team didn't do enough. What do you say to fans who, who say this team didn't do enough to give this year's team a shot to win? Well, it's it's understandable because the trade deadline is that last sort of checkpoint on each season. And you always focus on what happens at the deadline. But the truth is our fans really care what happens in October, what happens down the stretch. So we understand when there's not that uh, that 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 satisfying lift or, or bump from adding someone to come in. Um, we obviously did make a couple of moves that we're excited about. And the truth is we still believe in this exact team uh, that we've had and the guys who are going to be coming back from injury. So um, there wasn't uh, anything that really lined up well for us in terms of um, deals that we wanted to make. So um, we're sticking with, with this group and we've, we've shown that we can do it. You know, we were 13 and five, I think in July calendar turned to August. We've, we've had a slide here. It seems like every August we have some sort of slide as Red Sox fans our whole lives, but hopefully as Justin Turner said, it just takes one game to turn things around. So let's hope that night is tonight. Thought it was the other night with Pablo. It was really exciting, but let's see what we can do tonight and uh, get back on track here. No one's giving up. No one's giving up. So I thought you were referring to the Greg Hill interview he did uh, earlier today, but uh, no, that quote and while some of it, I don't like the July stuff. I think July is such a tough month to judge the Red Sox on because of those off days. And they were allowed to give in, to give this pitching staff constant breathers. 
when James Paxton only had to pitch once every seven days, that goes a very long way. And, you know, we talked about our concerns and some of the velocity drops for these guys. It was the perfect schedule for a team like the Red Sox to succeed with. But, you know, you're telling me you believe in this team and some of that. Sure, I, I think you believe into it, believe in it to a certain level. But there's, you know, you're not speaking the complete truth there, right? Like the unsaid thing is you don't view them as a World Series contender. You don't believe in them enough to invest in those certain ways. I think this all points to the Ken Rosenthal article that dropped a couple of days ago where really he eviscerated Bloom for a majority of the piece. And it was weird. It was like these back and forth like arguments in Ken's mind where he's like, yeah, like Bloom has done a really good job finding these relievers and filling up the bullpen. He's done a really good job rebuilding the farm system. He nailed the Masataki Yoshida signing. Uh, you know, he's found these gems over the years and kind of plugged and played in. You know, Trevor Story, it's too early to tell you what that deal is going to be. But Bloom continues to hedge. Like, eventually, he's going to have to put his cards on the table and make that big move. And there's a risk with what happened at this deadline where he didn't make it. But Ken Rosenthal was basically saying, if he ever wants to have this job in Boston and succeed, Eventually, you're going to have to make that Chris Sale-like trade. And that's the conversation we've been having on here the last couple of weeks. I think that's what we're all waiting for. And that's where this offseason is, where, yeah, you're going to have to make a trade, but you're also going to have to spend some real money in terms of, you know, a pitcher or getting a big piece that's going to change the outlook of the 2023 Red Sox that probably rivals a deal that looked like Trevor Stories or even more from a couple of years ago. Mm. Mm. I don't want to get too excited about it right now. Jake, do you have an off-season wish list by any chance? I mean, Yamamoto would be sick. I'm <laughs> yeah. just honestly hoping we make a splash. Like, we've been waiting for this big moves coming from Heim for a few years now, and it it does feel like this off-season is going to be the time. Do you feel that way, Tyler? Do, like, do you feel that we're yeah. trying? Like, I, I don't. I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to snuff out any excitement here, um, but I really, I'm not telling you that I don't think anything major is going to happen. I am telling you that I know better than to expect it. I think that's fair. Like I saw someone that was like kind of having this conversation, like, you know, they're trolling, they're bringing up tweets I had from like a year ago. And they're like, I spoke a lot about 2023 and how I thought that was going to be what 2024 is going to be. Now that was before the Xander Bogart situation happened. That was with the belief that they were going to get Xander Bogarts and they were going to go over the luxury tax. That was the original plan. That's why Nate Evaldi's deal was on the table. They were planning for this year to be what we're looking at as 2024, where you're over the luxury tax and pushing. When Xander left, the foundation cracked. We've had this combo a million times on here. Now you've rebuilt the foundation. There's a legit one here. You have to shoot this year. It's the last year of the deals for Bloom and for Cora. You know, if this thing doesn't start to take off and go in the direction it needs to, there's no excuses. You can't wait anymore. You can't. Your farm system, is it the fourth best in baseball? Like Fangraph says, eh, that's a strong, that's a very strong uh, ranking for them. But I think they are top 10. I do believe that. You don't have any excuses. You can't wait. You already got your mulligan. 2023 was your mulligan for 2022, where they let you rebuild and take a step back. Now you need to take that step forward and be aggressive because you don't even have the breathing room if this year had been a competitive year window for them where they were actually trying to chase a World Series where you could say, all right, well, they shot, you know, went over the luxury tax back to back years and played it out. No, John Henry let you take a step back. Now you got to use your assets. You have no excuses. You have everything. You have money. You have prospects. You have young core. What more do you need to get this team to be a World Series contender? Look around oh. you. The Yankees. 
The Yankees are clearly in a weird spot where they're aging. That core does not look they're very good. They're in a good. terrible spot. It's not a weird spot. They're in a terrible spot. Some people are really blow, going off about their Baseball America Top 100. They had seven guys land on there. So, you know, they're feeling better about their farm system. Whatever. The Yankees, they're not in a good spot. We can tell. In that division, you got the Orioles who aren't going anywhere. The Rays, they're murdering all their pitchers. Who knows what they're going to look like over the next couple of years? Because next year, they're going to have all guys coming back from Tommy John. And then the Blue Jays, their window's closing. It's not opening. Why can't it be the Red Sox pushing there? Why can't you be a team that pushes for that World Series and competes in this AL East? It's go time. There's no exceptions or no excuses where you can justify it in any other way. This is the time. If Bloom can't be cut out to make those moves to push them into that, you know, circle of teams where we talk about them winning a World Series, then he isn't cut out for the job. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. <sighs> make or break. Let's make or break. Are you uh are you on the side of the fence that I was on a few episodes ago, the trade deadline reaction uh podcast where I said, Why the fuck is James Paxson still here? Uh, no, I, I feel pretty similar because of the QO. Mm. I, I, I really haven't changed. I mm. think Paxson, like I, I've always said it, like, I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. I've had them not making it. Even you're going to, you're were going gonna, well, you're going to make James Paxson the qualifying offer at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I'm willing. As long as nothing goes wrong you're and give him what? $20 million next year on a one year deal. I have no problem doing that at all. One year deal for a mid rotation starter, 20 million. Not a problem. 20 million for James Paxton next yep. year. A one year deal. If you're going over the luxury tax, it doesn't matter. You're going, you're not on some strict money require or money oh, set here no, where you but. can't go anywhere. 20, what you're going to pay 15 million. What's 5 million one way or the other. Like well, that, because, that is, is Chris sale still here? Yeah. At that point, that, that also factors into that rotation question, but we know they've considered yeah, moving like, him as gonna well. Pay, are you going to pay $50 million to James Paxton and Chris sale next year? That's, that's a little crazy. It, it's a fair conversation piece on that, but if James Paxton can show he's healthy, it's, do you think he can make, you know, 25 starts a it's year? Not even if like, he, Oh, is he, is he healthy the rest of this year? It's like, do you, can you count on him to be healthy for a full season next year? No. I think you could take that risk on a one-year deal. I wouldn't want to go multiple years. I'd be kind of cautious with that whole situation. But I think in a perfect world, you get the QO and you can kind of pivot in another direction. But if he takes the one-year $20 million, am I crying if he's your number three starter? No, I'm not. And they've already told you they were willing to give him two years $26 million if he had just come back healthy last year to pitch. So they believe in his ability and they pretty much are telling you they believe in him being able to stay healthy. It's ballsy. If next year's rotation, right, we play this game is something like Yamamoto, Bayo, Paxton, you know, Cutter, Hauk, Whitlock in the five and the fours, Chris Sale. How do you feel? <laughs> I'm not ready for these conversations. It's a high ceiling. And I don't. I'm, I not think ready. I'm not ready for these. I'm not ready. It's fucking August 11th. Calm down. All I'm saying is just to put it in perspective, Nate of Aldi's making what? 17, 18 million this year? Yeah. What's the difference? Uh, right? Like Nate Vivaldi has his fucking second lowest ERA in baseball and he's a workhorse. James of Jackson course. Does not. And he's having good years. Uh, Nate of Aldi breaks down every single season. Let's be let's yeah, grow up here. He's had Paxton. one season where so he didn't break does down. James Paxton. That, that's what I'm saying, though. That that's all it is. We're talking about the same bar here. Nate of Aldi's breaking down every year except 2021. Uh, we can go through it this year. He's on the IL. 
forearm problems last year, 20 starts. 2021 was awesome. 32 starts. He got fucking hurt during the COVID year. Uh, 2019, 23 would you games, rather, 12 Would starts. you rather have Nathan Avaldi for 17 or James Paxton for 20? <sighs> Nate Avaldi for 17? Yeah, or? no shit. The fact oh, you, you mean money. I thought you were talking like number of starts. Uh, for money? Uh, yeah, no, I'd probably lean Nate Avaldi 17, but I don't look at James Paxton 20 and say that's an awful deal. Yeah. I'd say if you're going over the luxury tax, three million doesn't mean shit to me. Like I'm okay if you're paying a little over three million and you have the depth to deal with it. Yeah. Well, sounds like you need a blue moon. I'll take a sip. Just a sip? A, a couple sips. Couple sips? Yes, sir. All right. Well. Jake, is there somewhere that maybe Tyler could get a nice cold blue moon? I'll tell you exactly where you can find some blue moons. But first, playoffs are just around the corner. So it's time to help your team out by sticking to your lucky rituals, like the ritual of enjoying an ice-cold blue moon while the game is on. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition whether you're at the park or washing from home. You know where you can find those blue moons? You can find them on your fucking doorstep when I send you a pack. Tyler's going through it right now, so I want everyone to go to Twitter right now and tweet Tyler and tell him your favorite thing about Tyler. Best tweet I see, I'm going to shoot you a DM and I'm going to send you a 12 pack of blue moons right to your door. Tyler, enjoy this while it lasts because on Sunday I'm going back to throwing haymakers at you. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright color, an iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Brighten up your baseball traditions with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one-of-a-kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate you, as always. Um, we're going to get to some ketchup in just a little bit. And we're going to be doing some stop and shop look ahead. There's no Red Sox lottery on this show. Sadly. Did you want did you want the lottery, Tyler? You look like you I, that's a Sunday thing. I, I always look forward to that at the end of the weekend. I'm like, oh, just ask it. Just ask it. Are you missing the lottery? Just ask it. I, I do think there's something we have to talk about from the games. What's that? Nick Pavetta. And I you had a little Nick Pavetta love on your timeline, what, yesterday? Yeah. He unfollowed me, but I uh Whoa. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, if he really doesn't like you, he'll block you. Like, I know, like, reporters that he's blocked being, you know, 
but he, I didn't take he him as that him. kind of guy. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, I don't care. I mean, it's, I think it's more like, uh, I mean, I think he followed, he probably followed me in 21. Like 21 was a fun year. So like, I probably only said positive things. Like this is a year where, um, uh, it's a down, I don't, it's not a down year, but there's a lot of negativity this year. And I think that there's a lot of rightful criticism and I don't think I've said anything unfair right on down to saying Caleb Wart sucks. I'll say it again. He sucks. Uh, I don't think I've said anything fair or like crass or rude, but like they, they're on the team. So I don't have a problem with a guy like Nick Pavetta being like, oh, like you said something about one of my teammates. So now I don't like you. It's it's no surprise, right? That like Nick Pavetta liked me until he moved to the bullpen. Who's out in the bullpen? Put two and two. Oh, that's a good way to connect the dots. And yeah, I've seen a lot of people kind of on both of our tweets, like saying, well, oh, you you know, you deserve you should apologize to Nick Pavetta for what he's done. Dude, he got demoted to the bullpen for a reason. I I know the Nick Pavetta truthers want to sit there and take a victory lap one way or the other. There's a reason he got demoted. He had to go figure some shit out there. And he has. And we've seen some of the differences he's had kind of going here where now he's implementing that slider more. Last year, he threw it 2.1% of the time. Now he's throwing it 19.1% of the time. He's also throwing a sweeper, only throws it 3% of the time, but it's another thing that allows that big curveball and that fastball to play. He's made adjustments and good for him because there was a reason when people were saying, go DFA Nick Pavetta. Did we ever say that on this podcast? No, I no. I, mean, I think the only thing that we pointed out was that he was saying like, you know, I belong in the rotation. And we were like, no, you don't like, no, you don't like you're getting your manager it. felt that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck anymore, man. Like when when it comes to this team, like if someone has an issue with something that I said, I it it honestly blows my mind when they get so butthurt about it because it's nothing that other people aren't also saying, but it's almost like when I say it, it it, it hurts them more. I I don't know. It's a it's a weird phenomenon, but yeah, I think you know when when he got moved to the bullpen, we we're like, yeah, dude, I don't know why you're you're combating this and saying like I'm a starter, I've been a starter, I'm going to be a starter, yeah, yeah. Like, no, you're not. You're going to be a reliever tomorrow. So go go to the bullpen. So, but I mean, I've given him credit the whole way. I, I mean, I haven't I haven't uh, said anything bad about Pavetta. I mean, like, how, what, what's what bad is there to say? He's been fucking awesome. And yeah. even though it's like, all right, well, you know, you you obviously snuggled up next to Josh Winkowski and he put the negative thoughts in your head and. You know, I'm not your teammate. He's your teammate. You should take his side. I'm not offended. I don't take it personal and I'm still going to give you compliments. And I I complimented Nick Pavetta after his most recent outing and I, I don't take it personal. It is what it is. He stepped up and we always said if you were willing to buy in, which you didn't do in Philly, that's why you ended up here in Boston in the first place. Go read the articles. We read them on here. He bought in and he's fixed it. He's changed some stuff with his arsenal and it's worked for him. It's a 267 ERA, 340 fit and 57 and a third inning since the demotion. And what stuck out to me more than anything, this was a very old school performance. It's something we don't see in baseball where he threw, I think, 66 pitches on Saturday. He was on short rest, short rest and making a start, ends up throwing 90 pitches and goes five innings and two earned runs. MJ Melendez terrorizing him with two homers. That's rare. That speaks to me. And I have to tip my cap because in this sport today, we see how careful guys are with pitchers. This was throwback. This was someone who was willing to go out there and just fire bullets. His arm is always ready to go. And it's part of the reason he's been so pivotal the last couple months to them surviving these injuries. But I was surprised to see them let him go as long as they did. And 
I thought it was pretty damn cool. I, I think it speaks to the guy Nick Pavetta is and the kind of teammate he is because he's willing to step in those gaps and put himself at risk. A lot of pitchers would not even be willing to do what he did and, yeah. you know, throw those that many pitches on short rest. So props to him and Alice core showed him a ton of love after the game. And I thought it was well-deserved. I agree. I think that he uh, he's been outstanding. So props to Nick Pavetta. Pavetta. I think there's another name, too, we got to touch on in this series. Alex Verdugo. Yeah. Coming off, uh, right? Yeah. Getting it going with the bat again. Nice little sliding catch. Double off the runner at first tonight. Five for 12 since that benching, not including tonight. And he had a big sack fly. And outside of, I mean, I'm not even going to blame him for, like, lying about the reason. Like, I don't care. It is what it is. Like, that's between him and Alex anyway, uh, Cora. Um, Outside of, like, not telling the truth about why he was benched. He handled it fine. Like he's, he's not been pouty. He hasn't been moody. He hasn't mailed it in. Um, that wasn't that something that was like, like a reporter said that, that, that you can like see that he like mailed it in or something like that. Didn't, Alex like Sparrow's column was like when they were trying to trade him, execs were like, he's been checked out for a month plus already. How the fuck do they know? How do executives from other teams be like, yeah, like I got a good read on Alex Verdugo's body language. Like, are you really fucking not just watching Red Sox baseball games, but you're watching his body language? The fuck do you know? I I did think there was a interesting part that Katia was talking about the last couple of years. I I think there's just a, a perspective on Alex Verdugo in baseball. That's not a positive one by most execs. And it goes back to the Dodgers days where, you know, part of the trouble he did get into back then and his work ethic were real questions. It's the reason why they were willing to trade him to the Red Sox, right? And the Red Sox thought they were going to capitalize. Kenley Jansen said Alex Verdugo could be a Hall of Famer. That's a coming from a guy who's a borderline Hall of Famer. That says a lot. But Chris Cotillo talked about the last two years. He's tried to write a piece talking about Verdugo's maturity and the mm-hmm. steps he's taken forward as a player, figuring it out. Last year when he went to write it, I believe that, you know, he was kind of going along. He was talking to Justin Turner or he talked to Kike Hernandez. He had reached out to some former Dodgers players at the time. Got all these quotes, started doing the background on the story. Got a phone call. And they were kind of like, he's not as mature as you think he is. Right? Like someone from the Red Sox organization called him and was like, hold on that story. Do not pump his tires that way. Like there's shortcomings in certain spots and he needs to keep working on those. Apparently he tried to write the same story again this year got quotes from like Justin Turner, Kike again, and then he got benched. And he was like, well, I can't write it now. So like, I, I think there is a a belief in baseball circles and behind the scenes that, you know, he just doesn't live up to what his ability is. He's not, he doesn't put in the work to reach the heights he could be. That's fair. But I bet there's a lot of players you could say that with in baseball. How, how many guys in any workplace reach their potential, right? People, how many people do you look at and you're like, they could be better, but they don't push themselves in that way. Yeah, so it's a sad reality of life. I think it's hard when you look at someone like Verdugo, who we all see it. He could be one of the better hitters in all of baseball from a you know batting average standpoint. But I think that's what floats around with his name and unfortunately his reputation. And that's why when this stuff happened the last couple of days, Ken Rosenthal in his article was like the Red Sox are better just throwing Verdugo away for nothing. 
like grow up. Can, can we be honest about the player here? He was the best player on the team the first two months of the year. He plays a gold glove right field and his bat will bounce back. He hits. It's not like he's some worthless player. And Ken, the way Ken Rosenthal was talking about him was like he was some fucking joke. They just keep around on the team. No, he's a good above average player. He just has his warts. That's the reality of it. Doesn't mean you don't get frustrated. Doesn't mean you need don't hold him accountable, but you're not going to throw him away for pennies on the dollar for no reason. No, no. It's going to be interesting to see what the, the the approach that they take this offseason with them, though. I mean, that's I feel like that's going to be a dialogue until until the Red Sox come out and flat out say, I mean, because we may find that out. Ah, you know what? We won't. I was going to say, like, the end of the year press conference, like, that's not something that they would address in like the first week of November. Um, you but, think we could get like a Cora message again? Like, no, I, I, yes, yes, I do. I, I think that we could get something from Cora being like, hey, like that's a guy like like be about it. Don't just talk about it like this is, you know, if you want your extension, it's right there in front of you, like something like that. Maybe we could see that. But I'm thinking along the lines of like that trade rumor is going to be a narrative until the Red Sox say that it's not, uh, which could be something like at the winter meetings that Heim speaks in December and is like, yeah, Alex is not a player that we're looking to move right now. Like that's going to, I think it's just going to be, when is it happening until the Red Sox say that it's not. And like, I'll say it. What if Jaron Duran goes cold over the next six weeks? Like, I don't think that's enough to change the, to change how they feel about him. I think that could look at, make them go and say, well, how certain is our outfield next year? Right? Like if Jaron Duran cools off and kind of goes through some serious struggles. I don't think that means they don't like the player or whatever it may be, but how willing are they to move off of a piece? Right? Cause look at Sedan Rafaela. I, I like, I've been hard on Sedan Rafaela's hit tool. I know I hear it. Trust me. Baseball America didn't put him on their top 100. So those concerns are there. Ian Kundal has been all over him. You know, he was on the baseball hour with me and talking about some of the concerns they still have as an organization. You know, it is hard to move off from a piece like Alex Verdugo on this team. Because you're going to have to find someone who's better than an above average player already in right field. It's not yeah. it's not an easy solution. Just plugging, even if it is Sedan Raphael and saying this guy is going to be ready to go right when he starts. No, we know it takes time. Look, Jaron Duran took three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people forget that Jaron Duran was on the 2021 Boston Red Sox. <laughs> like three, like what if it takes Raphael three years to become the guy he needs to be here? Yeah, I feel like a lot of Red Sox fans look back and they're like, yeah, the, the Jaron Duran story began in the 28 to five Blue Jays game. It's like, no, no, no. He was he was in the playoffs with the Red Sox. He was in the dugout when they were in the postseason. He was there. Go back and check it. Um. All right. Any other thoughts from the Royal Series? I don't think so. No. Jake, you got anything else that stood out to you in that series? Uh, like specifically tonight, I was kind of pumped when Cora was talking about Doogie, uh, in the press conference after the game, just being like, yeah, his defense has been huge for us this year. Like his arm got a lot better. Um, I just think that's nice to see. He's obviously been singled out a lot and we've covered the drama with him extensively, but that's just AC being a good manager. Just hopefully Doogie hears that and takes it to heart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, people will say, oh, he's a punching bag and, um, like, you know, he he always goes after him and blah, 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 blah. Like, you, you've you got to also give him his flowers. And he's he's done that. 
periodically <laughs> when he's deserved them. I think he's been fair. So, yeah. Who's that motherfucker that hated this song? Fuck him. Louder. Fuck him. Clark's Ketchup Series MVP brought to you by Clark's Ketchup Drizzle, that ketchup. Man, this one, uh, I feel like it's going to be an open and shut case, Johnson. I don't think that we're going to have a whole lot of debate as far as who the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP is going to be for this August series against the Kansas City Royals. Um, Four game set. You want the numbers? Feed them to me. Okay. Um, I'll give you those numbers. I think it's going to be an absolute blowout in the voting. I don't know. I, I have a sneaky underrated pick in my head already that I know is not going to be the, the one we discuss off top. A sneaky underrated pick? Mm-hmm. I don't even know where you're going with that. Actually, you know what? I feel like I might know where you're going with that. All right. It's not even close, dude. Uh, Here we go. Leading the Red Sox in this series in batting average, Pablo Reyes hit 533. The next closest was Reese McGuire, who hit 333. Uh, Pablo Reyes did not walk once in this series, so his on-base percentage is also 533. Uh, Slugging percentage, Pablo Reyes... 867. Next closest was Adam Duvall, 583. Not even close. Uh, OPS, 1400 for Pablo Reyes. The next closest, 833. That's Adam Duvall. (laughs) Weighted on base average. You want some Woba in your life? Please. Uh, Pablo Reyes at 601. Adam Duvall at 351. So that doesn't seem like it's very close to me. Um, how about hits? Pablo Reyes had twice as many hits as the next guy. Eight hits. Next closest was Tristan Casas with four. The breakdown, five singles, two doubles, and a homer, which was a walk-off grand slam. He also scored four runs, drove in four, obviously, on the walk-off grand slam. The total bases, Pablo Reyes, 13. Next closest, Adam Duvall and Tristan Casas, both with seven. So, yeah, I don't know who your fucking sneaky pick is, Tyler, but uh, you better sneak the fuck on out of here if it's not Pablo Reyes. <laughs> oh, so did with the votes, right? We'll go through the mm-hmm. votes. But did you get all Pablo Reyes votes? Let's find out. <laughs> Let's find out. When we go to the voting picture. here. All right. 
opening up the voting panel here. Let's head on over to our manager. Let's head on over to Alex Cora. What does he got to say? He says, you know what? It's Pablo. Next up, Loomer. Loomer Loney. You know what he says? He says Reyes. That's Pablo Reyes, for those who aren't keeping score at home. Kevin Euclid. I said, who you like for this one? He says Reyes. <laughs> That's Pablo Reyes. Another vote for him. Will Middlebrooks. He says, give me Petey Pablo. It's another vote for Pablo Reyes. I asked Dave O'Brien. I said, hey, who you got? He said, gotta go, Pablo. They were like, hey, TC, Tom Karen, the face of Nessa. Who you like, TC? He said, come on. It's Pablo Reyes's world, and we're just living in it. Then I was like, hey, Jemai, who you got for Clark's Ketchup Series MVP? You know what Jemai said? He said, come on, man, give it to my dude, Pablo Reyes. And then, last, but not least. It has been too oh! long. Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. No Monaco, no Merloni, just your boy, Will. <laughs> and I've got to tell you guys, I got a little reprimanded. I got told when I submit these things, I just got to watch myself. No foul language. I got to stick between the lines. Mm. So with that in mind, the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP is Pablo motherfucking Reyes. <laughs> yeah, let's go! Let's go, Will! <laughs> that felt so wrong. Like It felt so right, but so wrong. Oh, oh my god, my that was god. can can you oh. hit that? Can I hit the motherfucking one more time? Oh, please. Man, that hit like a ton of bricks. Oh. Oh, oh man. Is Pablo motherfucking Reyes. Yeah! <laughs> Fire dude, that was amazing. Thank you, Will. Oh Jesus. man. Wow. With that being said, Pablo Reyes. Actually, no, we didn't vote yet. Just in case you want to you want to get in there. Uh, Jake, who you got? <laughs> got Pablo. You got Pablo? Yep. Tyler, who, who, do you, who do you got on this one? All right. I, I was talking up a potential other option. I, I can't go against Pablo Reyes here. It is Pablo Reyes. My Pablo. little packet I'm throwing to, I'll yeah. throw some packets to Chris Martin. Excellent oh, in the bullpen. Okay. That's not who I thought you were going to go with. Eighth inning throughout this entire series. He didn't give up a run. Winkowski, Jansen did. He's the constant steady and the best arm in the bullpen. You can always depend on him. It's good packet. It's good packet. A little, little love to Martin. Yeah, it's a packet. Uh, Coley's vote ruins the unanimous vote. Oh, who, who would he vote for? Reese McGuire. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Can you Crazy. explain it? Just because of the throw? Yeah, he, yeah, he threw someone out. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Grow up. Uh, I'm also voting for the should be unanimous 
Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. His name is Pablo Reyes. Ha. Congratulations to Pablo Reyes. Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. That's huge. That's a big one. That's Amazing mic'd up person as well, by the way. Yeah. It's big. Thank you, Pablo. Thank you, Pablo. You see uh, the clip of him talking about how comfy the City Connect uniforms are? No, I did not. Oh, my. I've had it stuck in my head. Like, these are so comfy. And he just kept saying it over and over to himself. Where was it? It's on the uh, Nesson uh, Twitter page. They posted it today. Mm. Just like him running or, you know, sitting at shortstop, kind of warming up a little bit. Dude is just living his best life. Oh, I love this uniform. It's comfy. <laughs> it's comfy. <laughs> like the color. <laughs> he likes the color. <laughs> okay. He's a vibe. Yeah, good for him. I like Pablo Reyes. I'm a Pablo Reyes guy. Uh, before we... Um, before we get into the stop and shop look ahead, there was an update today. Speaking an of update. The, Detroit, the Detroit Tigers coming to town. I shared it with you guys earlier. The silence uh, has been broken. I don't remember. Stupid, Tyler? I, 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 yes, actually. My phone's dead. It's been you over a year. It? Yeah. I said it's. It's been a year since I've heard from this person. Oh, yes. That was crazy. Yeah. That was so crazy. random. But that's what I that's that's how I described him. Like sometimes he's sometimes he's in, sometimes he's out. I didn't make the Detroit connection when you said it in my head right away. Yeah. yeah. So, after I don't know, a year and change, I finally heard from my guy Eddie. Yeah, from the clouds. Now, obviously, I don't want you to have to reveal if you said anything else. But was there anything more than? Yeah, yeah, we t- yeah we talked a little bit. He's good. Things are chilling. He's happy. That's that's Eddie, man. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he's in the picture. Sometimes he's not. But when he's back, he's back, and when it's good, it's good. So I, I believe I don't. I can't speak on JD, but he did text Mookie back, right? I don't know. I didn't see that. I just I, saw. I'm- and the original article, no, I don't think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read that he texted him back, re- like you know, a week or two after or whatever it was, and uh, was just like positive. You know, he's like, "Hey, man, like you know, shit was going on, yada yada." And Mookie was just like, "Man, I'm happy you're doing what's good for your family." Like, but it was well after you know the deadline and everything played out. Yeah, I mean, he's just getting back to me from like fucking March of 2020. <laughs> Phone but, service is tough in Detroit, man. Yeah, it's not good. July, July 6th, 2022. Oh, yeah. was the last time that I had reached out. 13 I'm months. I, I'm happy. I'm going to be happy to see him. I don't even like I don't know whether to wait. Fuck. I didn't fucking. Oh, no, I didn't apply. I didn't apply for a press pass tomorrow. Fuck. You're Jared Kravis. You could just walk in. I definitely can. And I probably will try that, but oh fuck, I didn't apply for a press pass. Do you think he's going to be very into the conversation about talking about just you know being back in Boston in that way? 
I mean, apparently I'm not going to interview him because we didn't apply for press passes. This is why this is why I get so mad that they don't give me the season pass because I just don't I don't I work every single day. So I don't it, do, it doesn't register in my brain that it's fucking Thursday and they need 24 hours to approve the credential. So I'm like. Now I don't have now I don't have a credential for tomorrow. Sorry. I don't know. Maybe I just won't go. I want to see Eddie. I want to see Eddie. But like, it's a whole fucking thing now to get a press pass on time. I've asked a million times for the for, for the full season pass. And like every time it's like, I don't know, I get a different answer. But yeah, that's really frustrating. Uh, I don't encourage violence. But what happens if you like beat up Katia and you just took his? <sighs> I don't look like him. Yeah. Honestly, I'll figure something out because I mean, like if it were, I mean, I'm trying to think of, like if it were like the Blue Jay series then I would have been like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. I can I can skip that. But like, I want to see Eddie. What do you do? I can't go like, Saturday and he's pitching on Sunday, so I have to go tomorrow. What about a little Friday night fun? What? Like after the game, like Eddie, hey, let, let's go out and I'll talk to you for a minute. Maybe, maybe we can just, you know, chop it up. Like boys. No. <laughs> don't ever do that again. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna be a thing. Unfortunately. Well, I'm not... really mad now. How why does it take so long to do something like this? I mean, I have no idea, but like those are the rules is that if you're gonna apply for a press pass, you have to give them twenty four hours notice. So Well, the game, if you do it right now. That's 24 hours oh, oh, from now. Wow. I did, I did 12 hours. Stupid asshole. I'm an idiot. Cut that out, Jake. No, leave it in. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one. But Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, Every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm depressed now. What am I going to do? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to fix this. I feel bad. I mean, I guess I'm just not going to go. 
which which sucks. I was really looking forward to seeing Eddie. Who's gonna stop you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. So, pay, so you walk in, right? I, I'm walking uh, into Fenway. What's yeah. up? What's up, guys? You have to I'm go Jared. through security and I have to scan your pass. Oh, I thought it was one of those things you keep in your pocket and they're like, can I see your pass? And you like flash it to them. If I had the full season pass, then that would be the case. But I don't. I have you might to be screwed for, for every game that I'm credentialed. I have to apply for it beforehand, which is extremely frustrating. Because then stuff like this happens. And then every time that it happens, then I complain. I'm like, why can't I have the full season pass? This would this would solve this problem for me. Yada, yada. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, you can hang with me. <sighs> OK, fuck you. Why would you say that? Because fuck you. Why would you say that? That's I really opened mean. my arms to you and you you said I'd rather die. Tyler, that is such a false invite. Like you. If I said, yeah, Tyler, tomorrow night. Yeah. All right. I can't go to the game, but me and you, let's hang out. You'd be like, well, actually, I, fucking, I and why I do you think I hate you? I'm, I'm not saying that you hate me. I'm just saying that you definitely don't do things. I'd love to hang out with you tomorrow. I, I do you, have the baseball hour till seven, though. All right. When are we going to do the baseball hour? Do you know? Uh, I, I want to apologize because I did get a lot of tweets uh, from people. I had a family thing. That is just not something that you have to apologize for. Uh, thank you. But I, I, I'm sorry that obviously we talked about doing it. And I know there are people who are excited to call in and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a family thing uh, pop up that, uh, you know, has to be taken care of. Um, but we'll get it going. It'll happen at some point. I, I'm not overly concerned on that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know sorry for the no warning. I've got a bunch of shit. I'm going to be so fucking busy the rest of this month. Like, I already want it to be September, and it's only the fucking 11th. This podcast took a turn. I'm very pissed off now. Hey, we're you're going to be rich off Twitter. That's true. And you could buy as many media passes as you want. Well, I don't need to pay for them, but maybe but you I'll, can. I think what I would probably do is pay someone to just apply to every fucking game so I don't have to sit there every goddamn weekend and apply for the pass. It'll just like I'll I'll apply for all of them. I have to tell you something. What's that? I'm credentialed. For Friday? No, for the Woo Sox. Oh. <laughs> okay. The fuck ah. does that have to do with <laughs> anything? You're the, uh, the Woo Sox. I am. So, um, okay. you know, if if you'd like my pass, I can give it to you. To go to Worcester, you mean? Yeah, I don't. Maybe it works in Fenway. I haven't tried it yet. No, nah, I don't think it does. <laughs> I got one for you too, Jake. I'm so mad, Jake. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I would be way more mad if this were the Dodger series. And oh, that like would be a disaster. JD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 12 I would, interviews. I think I would just sneak in. I would just sneak in at that point. All right. Why can't you apply for Saturday? I got shit to do on Saturday. Oh, okay. So there's that. Yeah. I'm so mad at myself. Hey, we'll have Eddie on one day. I don't, I don't even think, like, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know that he would have even done an interview tomorrow. 
I don't think he wants to talk about most of this shit. Most of the questions that people would be like, how did you not ask that? He doesn't want to be asked those questions. It's not a matter of like, oh, you don't have the balls to ask a question. Like, I don't, it, it just would have been nice to see him. Well, it's that. And, you know, I think his agent put out the message he did for a reason. Yeah. Like you, you, you don't get those kind of statements from an agent usually. I kind of just yeah. say like, this is why he Plus, chose I don't stay. care. I don't care. Like, it's your decision. I don't give a fuck about that stuff. It's the whole point of negotiating the contract, right? Like, so that you have that right. Yeah. Maybe I'll try and finagle something tomorrow. I just... Mm, mm. Let it go. Because <laughs> I think it's still possible for me to get credentialed. But what what I know is coming is I know... I know that you have to apply within 24 hours, but I'm definitely going to get an email back being like, next time, apply 24 I know. I know. I forgot. Hey, Jared, I didn't know what was. We're really happy know what to see was. you at Fenway today. It was awesome having you around. But next time, do you mind if you could actually apply 24 hours before? It makes the well, whole process know, a lot I easier. Know, I know for them, it's a pain in the ass. They have to like override the system and shit. And it's a whole, it's a whole to do. And I get it, but I'm more mad at myself. Just make sure it doesn't happen again. <laughs> I can't remember. I, I've already done it once. I think it was last year, maybe. It might have been last year. Yeah, I think it was last year. Where I forgot. I was like, fuck. <laughs> You're getting angrier and angrier as every moment passes. Yeah, because I, I already know that that's coming. Like, I already know that, like... Hey, you're I not going. Go. You're going. You're not going. There's no reason to be mad. No, I'm going to go for Eddie. Oh, my God. I'm going to try for Eddie. I'm going to try. He'd do it for you? I don't know that he would. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You never know. You don't, you don't know what the fucking guy... Yeah, it took 13 months for him to text you back. You know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to try everything we can to make it happen on 24 hours notice. Yeah. I mean... We'll see. We'll see. Stop a chop. Look ahead. Brought to you by Stop a chop. I'm so fucking mad right now. Reel it in. The return of Chris Sale. It's the return of Chris. It's the return of Chris Sale versus Tarek Scooble. Brian Bayo versus Matthew Manning. And then Cutter Crawford versus Eduardo Rodriguez. That, by the way, uh, the Sunday Erod start is 12.05 on the cock. It's a weird start time for a Sunday, but it's because it's the Peacock game. Um, the Red Sox, by the way, they swept the Tigers earlier in the year. They outscored them 24-9. to nine. Um, But it is the return of Chris Hill. How do you feel about the return of Chris Hill? I think this is the least hype people have ever been for a Chris Hill return. Like, think about all the other times we've talked about Chris Hill in uh, the last couple of years. Everyone was talking about it the week leading up. It's all anyone could think about. This time around, feels like everyone's like, all right, Chris Hill's throwing on Friday. Like, let's kind of see what happens. I think nobody's expecting a ton. Overall, it's kind of just like whatever you get is what you get. He's going to be limited. I think they're looking for four innings. It's going to be like 40, 50 pitches. Hopefully, he just makes it out of there healthy. I'm not asking for much. Just be competitive. Hopefully, he's sharper than the way he looked at the beginning of this year. Somewhere between what we saw before he got hurt and, you know, 
a guy who's trying to still get his reps underneath him and get his feet underneath him. I don't expect him to be perfect, but I hope he's closer to that version than the beginning of 2023 version. Um, I, I agree with you. This is the least hyped Chris sale return of all the Chris sale returns. And there's been plenty. Um, my expectations are low. Not to think, I don't think he's going to get shelled. I, when I say my expectations are low, I mean, like, what was his velocity when he, uh, in his last rehab outing? 91, 93. Yeah. See, like I, that, that's what I mean by low expectations. Like, I don't think he's going to be throwing 95, 96. Uh, I think it's going to be a gradual thing. And, and as it should be, like, he doesn't need to air it out and blow his fucking shoulder out again. Just, you know, whatever you can give us, if it's give the Red Sox a chance to win. And I'm fine with that. Um, it's a it's a fine enough team to try and make a comeback against the Detroit Tigers. and not a good team. Um, going to be a hard it's going to be a hard day for that bullpen tomorrow because like. Chris Martin, Kenley, and Wink have pitched three out of four days. They're all going to be down. Yeah. So, like, they're probably going to try to pair him, you know, Kyle Baraclaw or, or something like that and hope for the yeah. best and see how far it takes him. But, I don't know. I think with Sale, the reality is he's going to let it loose at some point. He can't help himself. It's just it's how long does it take before he pulls out the fuck you? Is it because he can't get through an inning because the stuff's not playing enough and he's like, fuck it, I got to reach back for it? I wouldn't be surprised if he hits 95 or 96 one time. But I just don't expect the velocity to hold throughout the outing. It's going to take a bit before, you know, we saw earlier this year. He really couldn't have consistent velocity until around May. Right. He also, like you said, he just can't help himself. No, nope. so. it's going to he'll snap and he'll not in terms of an injury, maybe in terms of an injury. But eventually he's going to let it go when he feels like he needs to. He'll give up a homer and then his first pitch to the next guy is going to be 97. <laughs> yeah, it, like that's Chris Hill. And I think they know at this point. You can't stop them. So, like, hopefully it lasts long enough to get you through six weeks of the season. And Whitlock will be back Sunday. He will be? Yep. He uh, had his first rehab outing, what, uh, yesterday now? Tanner Houck was supposed to go today, but they got rained out down there. But Whitlock went two and a third, two hits, zero earned runs, three Ks, zero walks, and one hit by pitch. 28 pitches in the first inning. He scuffled. The next two innings, he set the side down in order. So, Getting his feet wet and kind of where he needs to be, but it's one rehab and he's back up. There you go. So it's a weekend of returns. Chris Sale's coming back. Gary Whitlock's coming back. What's the what's the latest on Tanner Houck? He was supposed to make a rehab start tonight. It didn't happen. You know, Cora said he was hoping they'd all be back by April or August 15th for the Washington National Series. Wouldn't be surprised if Houck's a little behind that at this point. Okay. Seems like he's battling everything a little bit more in terms of just getting his mechanics right. Yeah. Um. All right. Predictions for this series. Jake. Going back to the sweep. Mm. Uh, sock sweep. Sock sweep. Sock sweep. Okay. Fair. Tyler, what do you have? I'm a little scared of this series. I won't lie. I think the pitching matchups kind of are pretty interesting. You know, there's no easy games here, especially Eddie in the last one uh, versus Cutter. But I'll go two out of three. I think Chris Sale ends up giving you a little bit more than you expect. He's sharper than many people would have thought. Brian Bayo continues to trend upwards after scuffling, you know, after the all-star break. Strings a couple good starts together here. I don't love that Sunday game against Cutter. 
And I, I'm a little worried about Cutter down the stretch here. I, I think that arm wear is going to catch up to him a little bit. I don't like his velocity trending down because I think his stuff doesn't play as well with uh, lesser velocity. So give me two out of three. I think they take the first two. I got one out of three. Wow. I, I can't hate on it. I, like It went through my mind, too. I got one out of three. They win the, the middle game, the Bayo game. Tomorrow, like after if Sale only makes it two innings, God help them. It's gonna go. They're gonna punt on the game immediately. That's what I'm saying. Like it could be, uh, could be a long day at the office. Yeah, it's not ideal. And I, I think where they are, they'll say, "All right, well, we think we can, you know, hopefully win two out or two in a row against them to take the series." But if you were to drop against the Tigers, that is a serious blow to your momentum. You're four games within a wild card spot right now. Like you made a little ground up today. You can't really afford to take too many steps back here. Oh, boy. Well, that's depressing. But that's just how I feel. That's my gut. That's my gut on that one. Hope I'm wrong. Uh, But we're in the heat of the summer, and you need a pair of great shades that you don't have to baby. Knockaround Sunglasses is the go-to for quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released the first set of teams for their official MLB collection, including the Red Sox and the Yankees, as well as official U.S. women's soccer team sunglasses, so you can add a little something extra to your game day outfit for this summer's big games. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting uh, sand and on their overpriced sunglasses. Check out knockaround.com for great polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks. Use the promo code ROCKET, and that'll get you free shipping on your order. That's pretty cool. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Got a bunch of teams, but I do have those sunglasses that I was waiting to give to Tyler. Um, and then he just bailed on me. Oh, right. how dare oh, you? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Sorry, I bailed on you, Jared. <laughs> that I that I just didn't show up because I didn't want to see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> Fuck you. A lot of people theorizing that uh, when we were at the same game and we didn't see each other, that it was it was all your fault. A lot of people saying that too. No, they weren't. They were actually agreeing. I, I read through. That. I don't know. No, I read every. I read every post, and they were like, "Ooh, bad call." Bad can call I tell you the G man? Can I tell you someone who agreed with you? Uh, who? Jay Stu. Well, obviously, that's he's my wise man. Of course, but he he was like he's like Tyler. I listened to the pod. He's like I heard you and him go back and forth. He's like. You need to go see him. He's like, do you realize how it works? It's like, it's not that hard. You go see him. He's doing a charity thing. You know, you get to say what's up. Obviously, like fan of the podcast is a cool little way to say what's up and do the whole thing. Um, So, you know, if Jace 2 says it, I can acknowledge it and say maybe I could have gone about it a better way. Yeah, you fucked up. I just want you to put your arm around me. You were double wrong. Double wrong? Yeah, we were with two fans of the podcast that donated to charity to go to the game with me and Steve. So I, for me to abandon them 
that's fucked up, number one. Number two, if they're fans of the podcast and they're probably fans of Tyler Millikins, they probably want to meet you as well. So you could have came over and made their day extra special, but you spat in their face. Uh, I didn't spit. Yep, you spat in their face. And number three, if I get up at Fenway and walk over there, now that's like 30 stopping chats. Now it would have taken me an hour to get to you and back. So that's three reasons why you should have gotten your fucking ass up walked over to those people that were charitable donors and said, nice to meet you guys. Can I get you anything? And when they say no, you just give them something anyway. What do you mean? Like, do do I call like I had a hard time. Some of the hot dog guys, right? Like I'm trying to get some dogs while I'm watching the game. And I'm like, okay, doggy guy, doggy. Like put my hand up. I'm trying to get a hot dog. I they kept ignoring me. And Martha told me that's an ick for her now. Is me trying uh, to call for a hot dog and these guys ignoring me. Yeah, that's a universal ick, I think. Yeah, it was very <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah, but I, I can bring hot dogs. I, I have snacks. Well, but who would have want to see? Who would have want to see Tyler Milliken with the state of Massachusetts? So you kind of blew it on that one. Unfortunately, I'm going to make you spend so much time with me. You can't stand me. I would love that. Unlike you, I would appreciate our time together. I really would. What happened to Bullet? Mm. He died. There's a real common theme happening where you just don't, you don't want to be around Jake. Whoa. You don't want to be around me. Sad. You don't want to be around Fenway. A lot of you, all the times that I go to Fenway Park and people, ushers, Fenway Park ambassadors, the workers will be like, where's Tyler? You know how many times I get asked, where's Tyler? You know what? I have to lie. I have to lie and be like, oh, no, he wants to be here. He's just not. That's a lie. He doesn't want to be here. I do want to be at Fenway. All right. Well, it's August, so it would be nice to go to a game with you before it starts fucking snowing outside. You know, let me know the day and I'll be there with you. You let me know the day. You're busy. Tyler Milliken, you know when I'm going to be there. You know my schedule. I'm there on Tuesdays and Fridays. I, I didn't know that. Jake, what days am I at Fenway? Tuesdays and Fridays. Jake, Tuesdays why? and Fridays. Tuesdays and Fridays. And I'll make exceptions. Somewhere I can't during the week, but like maybe like a Saturday or a Sunday. I would make an exception if that's like the only day that you can do. Help me help you, Tyler. That's maybe I if want. I was part of the inner circle, I'd know what days. Maybe if you paid attention. Maybe if you cared. Maybe if you cared, you would know what days that I'm there. But all I know is when something personal happened to me the last couple of days, I contacted Jared Carabas and I checked in with him. Uh, I said, "Hey, I'm coming you to you as a friend." Me? I, I did I not give you a call the other day? You gave me a call, but I I checked in with you. Yes, yes, I, I would say I, I came to you and then you checked in on me. You notified me, yeah. and then I checked in with you. That's what friends do. That's what friends do. Just fucking J Dog and 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 T Bird over there. <laughs> they they call me T Money. Who's they? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> shout out to the people who uh, I got a lot of comments about my Riz on Instagram the last couple of days. Uh, yes, the, someone called me the Wizard of Oz. You, you ever heard of that before? Because you have a girlfriend? Yeah, a lot, some mean comments as well about 
not about her, but about me saying that we have to talk about why I have a girlfriend that looks the way she does. And I look the way I do. Well, it's about, it's about what's on the inside that counts. I have a great personality. Yeah, you do. You got, (laughs) I think, I think, I think you have a great personality, Tyler. Don't lie to me. Jake, do I have a great personality? Yeah, you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> you think I lied to you? No. You're my boy. You wouldn't do that, J-Dog. I would never do that. I'd never do that. I'm, I'm always here to prop you up. Keep me erect. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, so I think I misused that word. <laughs> and the podcast. <laughs> and the podcast. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll be back uh, uh, on Sunday after the Red Sox and Detroit Tigers. What does a tiger sound like, Tyler? Raw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after the Red Sox and the Tigers go toe to toe this weekend. One more time. Raw. <laughs> yeah. Raw. That's what they sound like. Yeah, it's a tiger. Uh, that's yeah. We'll be back on Sunday at the conclusion of that series. Enjoy your weekend of baseball, and uh, we'll see you then. Buenas noches, amigos.